Warning, the following podcast has been classified as insanely lucrative. Listener discretion is advised. So that business made me about $200 in the first month. Within three months, it was making me about $1,000 a month. Within six months, it was making me three to 5000 Your attention, please. please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue streams and unfair, unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host, and this is the show where we discuss all things private label and how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show. Get it? AM, PM, podcast. As a matter of fact, I was just going through about 100 applications for some new VAs that we're going to be hiring, some new writers that we're going to be hiring. And while I was reading through these applications, I was making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Speaking of which, this episode is dedicated to hiring employees overseas, specifically the Philippines. And my guest today is going to be John Jonas. He has an amazing website with tons of people. I'm going to let you or let him tell you all about it. By the way, stay till the very, very end because it's a little bit long. It's over an hour, but it is chock full of awesome information that's going to allow you to essentially multiply yourself. Okay. Instead of just you being in your business, you're now going to have two, three or four of you as you train these people to actually do what you're doing. Right. So you're going to have these awesome employees. And I asked him all the questions I could think of that somebody that's just starting out in this business, or maybe they're at that point where they need to hire their first virtual assistant or first writer or first person that handles customer support for their Amazon accounts, whatever it might be. I asked a ton of questions. So I think it should be pretty solid all the way through the end. If you really like it, okay, if you like this kind of content, let me know by leaving a review on iTunes, okay? That really helps me out a ton. I know not enough people actually do that, even people that love it. So that would help me out, guys, if you could do that. But yeah, without further ado, let's jump in right now. Hey guys, I am here with John Jonas. He is the founder of the largest marketplace for finding Filipino workers. The site is called onlinejobs.ph and they have over 150,000 Filipino workers on their database. And he's also the founder of Replace Myself. It's a site that teaches you everything you need to know about outsourcing to the Philippines. And get this guys, he only works 17 hours a week. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Is that true? 17 hours a week? Uh, right now, I'm a little bit less than that, but on average, yeah. <laughs> less. I need to learn everything that you know right now because I'm doing 17 hours per day, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we're, we're worlds apart here. So, wow. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started this website and what it means because we have so many Amazon sellers, people that are doing private label that are like me, right? They're just completely blasted every single day. They don't have time to do anything. They don't even have time hardly to interview people. So the whole process of outsourcing and freeing up time is so awesome. Tell us a little bit about that. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Before that, I'll tell you that throughout this, at some point, I'm going to tell you the story of my son who is 14, who runs an Amazon business also. And I will tell you what he does and what he doesn't do when we, when we get to that. So I'm a terrible employee. And like working for someone else just doesn't work for me. The incentive 
to if I do good work, I make someone else rich. If I don't do someone do if I don't do good work, I still get paid the same amount. It just doesn't work for me. I, I don't know why. So I had a job for eight months out of college. The only goal during that time was to quit my job. And I managed it after eight months of and then I started some stuff on my own working online. And after probably a year of doing that, I got some really good advice. I had tried to outsource stuff. I was overwhelmed. I was I was working like you. I was working like crazy. And I, I got some really good advice from someone who said, hey, when you're ready to start outsourcing some of this stuff, make sure you go to the Philippines with it. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Why? And because I had tried outsourcing. You know, I had tried hiring a contract worker at at Odesk, which is now Upwork. I had tried hiring local workers. I had tried hiring people in India. And and the only thing he says he said to me was, well, when you hire someone in India and they say yes, that means yes, I heard something come out of your mouth. It doesn't mean yes, I understood what you said. And when I heard that, I was it was it was interesting because I didn't I, I didn't know, I had never thought before that there could be something different in outsourcing. And it kind of gave me hope that like the experiences I had had so far, which were crappy, might there might be something different. So I, I waffled for a couple of months. I didn't know if I could hire someone who was good. I didn't know if they could, if I could afford someone. I didn't know if I could keep them busy full-time because he gave me a reference to where I could hire someone full-time. And I ended up taking the leap and it was the most liberating experience I have had in my life. I hired this guy full-time. I was paying $750 a month for his full-time work. He was making 250. I didn't know that, but, um, where was the rest of the money going? The company that I hired him through. Okay. Um, because, and that's, that was the only option then there was no, there was no, there was nothing else. You, you hire a company who has an office in the Philippines and they recruit Filipinos and mark them up and they lease them back to you. So all of a sudden I hire this dude and I have the, I have a responsibility of keeping this guy busy full time, which also means I have someone else full time working, doing anything I want them to do. And I had to teach them how to do what I wanted them to do. But there was a lot of crap that I was doing in my business that I just didn't want to do. And so I started teaching him and, and yeah, it took longer to teach it than it did for me to do it. But it was stuff that I knew how to do stuff that I was good at stuff that I just didn't like doing. And now he was doing it. And after a month or two, I realized there were two of me and I had replaced myself and he was doing stuff I didn't like. And I was doing stuff I liked a little bit more, or I was doing stuff that was more important in the business towards making money like sales and marketing, because writing content doesn't make money. Hmm. Um, At least for me um, in, in my business model at the time, a little bit later, I hired a programmer. I was a programmer. I was doing programming and I hired a programmer and replaced myself again. And and I realized there's like three of me because this dude's doing exactly what I had been doing. And he's just as good at it as I am. And now I can just focus on sales. And and that's really when my business started to started to change. When I had kind of removed myself from some of the details of things. So after I had done that, I had people just asking all the time, how are you doing this? How are you hiring these people? Why is this working? What's, what do you do special? What's different? Why, why is this different than all the outsourcing we've ever done? Because everything sucks. So I started teaching it. And after a while, the, the demand was so high for people wanting to know what was I doing that 
we couldn't, there was, there wasn't a good way to find people. It just sucked. And so we, I said, there's gotta be a better way. And, and for me, I was frustrated because I wanted to be able to find people like I could in the U S I knew in the U S I could go to monster.com and post a job if I wanted to. And that didn't exist in the Philippines. And so we created it. So I created a system where we could have Filipino workers come in and post their resumes and we could search through them and, and the Filipinos responded. And we have actually today, there's over 300,000 Filipino resumes in online jobs. And we've had thousands of employers hire. Um, and that's kind of my backstory. Okay, nice. So not 150,000, it's 300,000. Yeah. Correct. And then yeah. how long ago was this? You're talking about doing this, you know, going to Upwork or Odesk at the time. How many years ago? It was 2004. I started hiring Filipinos in 2005. Okay. So it's a while back, 12 years ago. Um, yeah. And you went to Odesk and you just didn't like the process of how Odesk worked. Like when people ask you, hey, where can you get these people? You didn't say, well, I got them at Odesk. No, because I didn't. Because here's the problem. At Odesk, the, the, the whole concept of Odesk is flawed for business, for small business owners. And people don't realize this until you've experienced something different, something better. But the idea is freelancer. Um, so someone comes in, a, a freelancer comes in, in order to get work, in order to make money, they have to do jobs and finish them and move on so that they get feedback so that they can get another job, which is slightly higher paying so that they can finish it and get feedback and move on. And it's, it's a cycle like that. So the whole concept of Upwork today is guaranteed 100% turnover in your business. Mm, yeah. and, and that's hard. It's hard to run a business like that. It's hard mentally to make a commitment to something in your business where you know in a month or whatever it is, this dude's not going to be here anymore. So your brain just limits what you will allow yourself to do in that situation. And, and, and I didn't like it. I, I, at the time I hired this dude to write articles for me, he wrote 50 articles and I had to go back. He turned them over to me, which of course he would turn them over to me because he doesn't know what to do next. So he gives them to me and I have to go plagiarize, check them and make sure they're all okay. And then I have to go submit them to websites and I have to add links to them. I, and I, it came back to me to do a whole bunch of crap that I didn't want to do. Right. Where yeah. when I hired a full-time worker, I realized I can teach him every single part of this process because he still works for me and he's going to work for me. And, and that's one of the crazy things about the Philippines that I didn't realize that first guy that I hired still works for me today. Oh, awesome. They're, they're, <laughs> they're loyal almost to a fault. Okay. And we're going to talk about that right. before, before we do though, I want to touch on the subject of Odesk versus your business. Odesk, you know, they've constantly been changing stuff. Oh, I should say Upwork. It's Upwork, not Odesk. Yeah, yeah. Upwork. They charge a percentage, right? Or for the longest time, they're charging specific percentages, 10%, whatever the case might be. How does it work with you guys? Because you guys aren't doing percentages, right? Right. So with, with Upwork, the, their whole business model is completely dependent on you maintaining your relationship inside of Upwork so that you pay that worker through a credit card through Upwork. And, that's, and they charge a, today they charge like a 20% fee to you and a 20% fee to the contractor. Their fees are ridiculous. We are not involved. We just created a marketplace. So you find someone, you interview them, you can interview them through email, you can interview them through uh, messages on our site, you can do whatever you want, you can Skype them. When you hire them, you can mark their profile on our website as hired so that other employers know this person already has a job and someone else is less likely to hire someone with a job. Um, but then you're on your own. You're, you're, not, you're not obligated to pay them through us at all. 
Okay. So there's no, there's nothing else beyond that. The only cost is a recruiting fee to be able to access the system up front. 50 bucks. So is there the 50 bucks, is that what they pay or is that? No, you pay it. Okay. So is your business model then, I mean, they can post for free. Everybody. Fili- Filipinos post for free. They, oh, they, okay. Everything's free for them. So the business model for you on this side is then having people publish or people like us that go in and say, okay, I want to start posting and responding and getting new hires. So it's okay. Yeah. You want to post a job or you want to contact Filipino workers. Right. Yeah. Okay. And it's reasonable. I saw the rates. I mean, just so that everybody knows, what are the rates? Of, of the Filipino workers? No, no. I'm sorry. What are the rates to actually use your system if they want to come over and start it's using 50 it? 50 bucks. And you, but you have different plans, right? Yeah, there's two plans. It's, uh, it's $50 and, and it's a monthly thing that you pay while you're recruiting. And when you're done recruiting, you can cancel it. Okay. So it's right. 50 bucks a month. And then there's also a uh, 199, which has some extra recruiting features and then some also virtual coaching for your workers to make a better experience for you and them. What's the virtual coaching? Where we work with the workers. So usually in the Philippines, this is interesting. It's, it's interesting because they've never done this. They've never experienced this. and um, they've never worked for a foreign boss and, you know, cultures are different. And so they don't really know what to expect. And so we work with them through that transition process of, of helping them understand why you're doing what you're doing as their employer and what they can do to make it better, to make sure they keep their job long-term. Cause really the Filipinos really, really want the job that they got. Um, and if something goes wrong, it's not because they're lazy. It's not because they didn't want the job. It's not because they got a better job. It's because something went wrong between you and them. And usually it's your fault, not theirs. Mm. And I can talk about that. Um, do, you, do you feel that like in the U S people, they skip around on you know, careers and jobs uh, constantly, right? As soon as yeah, there's totally. a better offer or if there's better salary, they're off, they're off to the next place. You just train that person for, for free. Essentially. Do you find that that's completely different when you're hiring Filipinos in general? Completely different. So, and that's the loyalty thing where they're loyal almost to a fault of theirs. So that okay, I'll give you a couple examples. I, I hired a girl and after a couple of years, she, she's amazing. I put her in contact with customers and I, I never do that. I never have my people contact customers because when people know how good my, my workers are, which they know, cause I talk about it, they always offer them jobs. So I friended some of my people on Facebook once and immediately they started getting job offers from people who saw, Oh, you work for John, right? Okay. So I have this girl and I contact or I gave her uh, contact with customers and told her, look, you're going to start getting job offers from customers. I, I just want you to be careful. You know, I, I'm a stable employer. We're good. We're long term. I treat you well. Right. She said, oh, don't worry, sir. I get job offers every day. I'm not I'm not going anywhere. So she was getting job offers from people who knew she worked for me. Um, I'm sure for quite a bit more. And she's not leaving because that's the Filipino culture. They, they don't do that. Okay, nice. So I want to whet everybody's appetite that's listening because right now they don't know what it costs to get a VA. But I know that if, for example, I want to get an assistant here at my office, I'm going to be spending 2000 to $3,000 plus benefits and, and everything else that goes along with that. What does it cost? I mean, and when someone wants to get a VA, what can you typically get a VA for? So a full-time person today is going to cost 450 a month. $450 a month for full-time work. Um, and you can certainly find them for less. You can find them for more. It just kind of depends on what you're looking for. Um, I have 21 people who work for me in the Philippines um, full-time. They do everything from customer support to p- programming, to system admin, to webmaster, design, social media, writing content, admin, 
stuff. Um, what else? I mean, anything that, anything that we do, they do. Okay. Uh, and they make between 400 and $1,100 a month. Do you have an office in the Philippines to, to no. house everybody? No. So no. everybody works virtually from their own. They all location. work from home from their own computers. They're all over the country. Yeah. How do you deal with people that are working from home? They all have different internet connections. They have power outages because of all the storms, internet outages. Uh, do you have a, a process or a plan for that? So typically people work, I, I'm in Utah. And so they're on the other side of the world. They work night hours for me. They're, they're not working my daytime. They work during their daytime. So when I give them tasks to do or the tasks that they have to do, they work during their, their own hours and they send, they tell me what they did. So internet issues, I don't really have it uh, in terms of like connection speeds and whatnot. I never talk to people on the phone. They don't want to talk to you on the phone. If you can avoid it, don't talk to them on the phone. Don't talk to them on Skype unless you absolutely have to. And there's some cultural things behind that. They will do it if, if you need to, but they, they really don't want to. They don't? Why? Um, because they're worried. There's two things. They're worried that you're not going to understand them. That's a, that's a big thing. They know that they'll understand you because they watch American TV. They watch American movies. But they're worried that their English isn't good enough. So I've had a couple different experiences. One time I talked to a programmer. I thought I urgently had to talk to him because stuff, was, stuff wasn't right. and. I talked to him and I could barely understand him and it was a disaster. The phone call was a disaster it, and he was, this dude was amazing. We never had a communication problem. Um, he always understood what was going on. We, we never had anything wrong until I talked to him on the phone <laughs> and um, then it fell apart. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was a disaster. Another time I talked to someone on the phone and they were super hesitant to talk to me mm -hmm. and I got on the phone and their English was perfect. Absolutely perfect. We had no issues whatsoever. Um, but they're scared. They, they don't, they're scared to talk to you. Um, yeah. I can imagine. We have an office in the Philippines. We're actually going to eventually, um, here we're going to be closing it down just because we're shifting focus on what we're doing. But I've had it for a couple of years. And we set it up originally because, again, everybody was working from their own locations. And we're like, you know what? If we can get everybody in one room, they are all working congruently on, on a specific project. So it'd be easier for them just to communicate in there. We had power backup. We had different two internet connections. So it worked pretty well. But yeah, I can see, I mean, it's certainly a lot cheaper, a lot easier just to hire people. I imagine a lot of them want to work from home versus going to an office. And I can say on the communication level, I've never had an issue with talking to our team. They've always been pretty good. On the Indian side has been nightmarish. Like trying to understand the, <laughs> the team that we hired there is nightmarish. What are your thoughts of Indian, you know, hiring people in India versus Philippines. It's a, it, this is why the dude told me to go to the Philippines in the first place. It's a completely different experience. So if you have tried hiring people in India before, give this a shot because you will have a very, very different experience. There's, there's like in the India, in India, they still have the caste system. So I'll give you, this is just one example. Mm -hmm. um, they're not allowed to say no to you basically. Um, and, and, you know, you'll, you'll get random pockets that are that have kind of changed this but generally as the boss you use and this is where this comes from you you say how's the project going yes are you working on it yes is it gonna be done on time yes yeah when you know full well that's not that's not right right yeah and you're absolutely correct it's always yes can you do this uh, yes, yes, yes 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 and then right. and then it's a nightmare because culturally that's all they're allowed to say 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Philippines, Philippines is different. And this is the number one problem you'll run into in the Philippines. This is, this is the, the biggest issue. This is why they don't want to talk to you. This is, this is all of this. In the Philippines, they call themselves shy. Um, and really what it is, is they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to let you down. They're a very pleasing people. So if they feel like they're going to lose face, mm-hmm. you know, the, and it's still an Asian culture. Um, if they feel like they're going to lose face, if they feel like they're going to, you're going to be disappointed in them, they will shy away from whatever the the confrontation is or the thing is. So if, if they don't understand something you gave them, they will do nothing. They won't say yes. They won't say, yes, I understand. They won't say, yes, I'm working on it. They will say nothing. They'll disappear. Or if, if they don't want to do something you gave them to do, they'll disappear. Like I, I gave a task one time, this girl who had flawless, perfect English. I asked, she was talking on the phone for me, uh, making phone calls. I asked her to do some writing because her English was so good. And I didn't hear from her again for a long time because she hated it. Um, but she didn't say anything to me because they don't want to say something. Right, so okay. that's, if, if a Filipino disappears for you, mm-hmm. it's because either they didn't understand what you told them to do or they didn't know how to do it or your instructions weren't clear, or they didn't like it, or generally, uh, as I've done this, I've been doing this for 10 or 12 years. Um, anytime I've seen an employer come to me and say, oh, I hired this person and they were terrible. Like, well, what did you have them do? Well, I had them do this and this. Oh, where are your instructions? Oh, here they are. It, they're super clear. And I look at them and it's like, I don't even know what you're trying to say here. This is, this is, these are horrendous instructions, right? Right. So usually yeah. it's the employer's fault. Okay. All right. So, and they just stress out. And instead of saying, I can't do this, or I don't understand, they just stop communicating. They just stop communicating because that's the, that's their culture. Right. So, so if they stop communicating with you, for me, I require them to send me a, a communication every single day. Either it's an email or it's communication in my project management system. If they don't communicate for a couple of days, I know something's wrong. And then I can, then I can go seek it out. Hey, what's going on with you? I know you're stuck on something. I know you're having a hard time with something. What's wrong? What's up? And then they start communicating again. And then I can, I can almost always solve the problem. Right. Okay. So you had mentioned 450. Uh, you can get them cheaper. You can get them more expensive. $450 US per month. Now I've seen this. I've seen some people come in, they apply for the job and they're at 300 and then another one come in at 600. In your opinion, have you noticed any patterns with the quality of the VA or virtual assistant? We're assuming this is a virtual assistant when you're paying twice as much for somebody? Generally, yes. The, the, you pay more, you get better, but not always. Uh, and obviously not always. I mean, I, I'm pretty good at recruiting, probably because I've done it a lot. And I have had some times where I paid more and was like, Ugh, this is just mediocre. And usually I can work with someone to make them better. And that, and in the Philippines, that's very often the case. The longer you have someone working for you and the more patient you are and the more training you give them, the more chance you have of having a rock star worker. Well, mm-hmm. them turning into a rock star. Um, but there's been a number of times where I've recruited really well and found someone whose skills I knew were good and they're cheap. You know, like I hire, hired this programmer. I hired him part time because I knew he was so dang good. And this is probably three years ago. He started off at 250 bucks a month. Wow. A programmer. 250 a month for a, for a part-time 20 hour a week 
PHP programmer. Yeah. So today we're paying him 1100 a month full time. The dude's amazing. Um, John, have you hired uh, programmers from Russia, Ukraine, Eastern no, Europe? No, okay. no. I know they're really good there, but I've just had such good experiences with the Filipinos that I've, I've never had a reason to. Okay. I was going to ask you what the differences were if you had hired people there, because I've never hired a Filipino programmer, only Eastern Europe. So <laughs> yeah. it's too bad. That would have been a great comparison because the cost difference could be substantial, especially if you're going for high level guys you know, in Russia versus high level guys in, in the Philippines, you know, a thousand bucks is nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I have six, I have six full-time developers. They're all 1100 or less and they're amazing. They're so dang good. How do you pay your people? Or if I hire somebody off your site, what's the standard way of paying them? So, um, you can pay through PayPal. The problem with PayPal, PayPal recently raised their fees and it's like a 7% fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you don't see that they charge you three and a half and then they charge the Filipino four, which is just crappy. So we, if you hire through online jobs, there's a service called easy pay at in online jobs, integrated into, into your account. Um, and you can use easy pay to pay and it's super easy and fast and cheap. Okay. How does that work? Is it, does it tie into your bank account? Yes. Is it a, a wire transfer of some kind? Yeah. Not a wire, but yeah. A, a bank transfer. Yeah. Bank transfers. Okay. And what are the fees on that? None right None. now. Oh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, that's a good price. <laughs> yeah, right. So and uh, we, we probably we're probably going to modify that in the coming months, but it'll be very cheap compared to anything else. Is so, that something new that you just rolled out? Is that why? Yes, it's new. OK. All right. Do you pay people more if you're asking them to work non-standard hours? Like if I want them to be online when I'm online in the U.S., they're going to be coming online at like one in the morning or whatever the time is. Um, do you pay more for that? Yes. Um, how much, I, how much more? How does that work? I don't know. I don't have anybody. I've had two experiences with it and n- neither were very good. So th- they'll, you know, m- most of them are just want a job and, and that's, you know, cause it's hard. The Philippines is a third world country. It's hard. And, um, so if you, t- if you say that I'm hiring someone, I need you to work us hours, they'll do it. What you'll notice at, if you develop a good relationship with them is their quality of life just suffers from it. It it's crappy. And so I don't have any of my people working us hours. And part of that is because we just don't need it. We, we don't have deadlines or anything. If you do, um, I, I would, I would certainly offer more pay. And then I, I would ask as I'm recruiting, I would find someone who is used to working in the night or used to being up late instead of just finding someone who has been working day jobs. And now all of a sudden they're working a night shift. Right. Yeah. It's just a hard transition. I'll tell you what I just did. And by the way, guys, I use John's site. Okay. Onlinejobs.ph. We've actually been paying monthly forever. And then it's been so long since I've used the site because we have our own team over here that I went in just recently and I'm like, oh, I guess I got to create an account and I paid again the $1.99 a month or whatever it is. And I was just told this morning before we got on the call, I'm like, we have two accounts over there. I'm like, oops. So, <laughs> so anyways, but what I did on, the, on one of the posts, because we need VAs big time. You heard, man, we're putting in, yeah. you know, we're double shifting it almost here right now. And we've got VAs and we've got people helping us. We've got a pretty good team, but we need to hire probably, you know, five, six, seven new people um, yeah. to help us with this. But we want for the customer support side of one of our businesses, we want 24 hour support. So we want to get to people within an hour or two when they respond because we have clients all over the world. 
So we need people to work those eight-hour shifts and kind of spread them out. So in the post, I actually have the job description. And then I say, there's three shifts available. There's 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then 5 p.m. to, you know, I had all three of them in there. And they each paid differently. You know, there's a base price for the normal one. And then the salary actually increased. I think it was by like 50 or $75 more each time for the, I guess we'd call it the crappier hours. Yeah. And we let people pick. And the thing we said, let us know which one you want. And if you're open to more than one. And it's actually worked really well. I mean, we had over 100 people that responded and people are picking their time zones. We're not telling them what we want them to work. So when I said we don't have people um, that work the night shift, I, that's not completely correct because I did the exact same thing as what you did. We we want 24-hour support. And so we do have uh, those hybrid shifts that are like start in the evening and go to the night and then start in the night and end in the, sometime in the morning. Uh, we do have two people that do that. And we did the exact same thing. And it, and it has worked out really well. I don't have like programmers or designers or anybody else like that working night shift. Right. Okay. All right, cool. How do you, or how should I, because I'm, I'm looking at this, it was like a hundred people. Now it's like 140 or something like that. 140 people that have applied okay, for this VA position. How do you filter through all of them and find, you know, narrow it down to four five, six people? I mean, what's the process there? Um, <laughs> no, that's, I, uh, I have a really good, I have a really good process. I'm, I'm wondering okay. if I want to step back for a second and okay. tell a quick story just for people who I don't know how many people just have no clue about this. Um, Let's do it. Yeah. So can I, can I tell a quick story? Absolutely. Yeah. All I right. love so, stories here. So I want to tell, I want to tell a story about, I, I want people to understand a little bit of what's possible here of what, what you can do with this. Years ago, I, when I first cut my workload down, my wife was seven months pregnant. She has some health problems, can't work. I sent an email to my guys in the Philippines, told them why I couldn't work. I had to take care of my, my two other kids. My wife was on strict bed rest for three weeks and she has the baby. These two guys in the Philippines are taking care of my business. I w I literally worked one hour during those three weeks that she was on bed rest. She has the baby for the next two months. I had not been working. So I just kept not working. I, w I was working an hour a week for the next two months. And it got to the point where, and my business went well during that time. And that's not that I'm just giving a little bit of backstory. So these guys are doing all the work and I had had them working for me for like 18 months. I had trained them and I had taught them and, and I had tried to teach them everything I could. So during these two months, it gets to the point where I'm bored. I have to, I have to do something else. I, there's only so many times you can take your kids to the golf course in a day. And I needed to start a new business. And so this business, I was going to start with the concept of how far can I take this outsourcing thing? Like how good can these people possibly be? And this is not going to be everybody. And the guy that I did this with had been working for me for a while and I had taught him and trained him and I had built a relationship with him. He had been working for me for about 18 months. So here's what I did. I designed this business based, it was an internet business. We're going to write content and build a website and drive traffic to the site. And, um, and we have a revenue model with it. So I explained this all to him in an audio. I recorded myself talking for a half an hour and explained everything about it. The business model, the goals, how I want the site to look and what I want it to do and how we want the content. And I explained everything. So I bought a domain and I sent it to him and he gets the audio on the domain and he sets up, listens to the audio, sets up the domain on my hosting account, sets up WordPress on it, starts changing the theme according as I've described in this audio. And he sent it back to me after a couple of days and it was terrible. 
And I worked with him through this. And, and I'm telling you this story for a couple of reasons. I want you to understand that I, I worked with him through this and told him like, hey, this isn't right and that's not right. And let's change this. And this is really good, but I want this over here. And so I worked with him for about a week on this, on this site, just making it look how I wanted it to look. And we got it right. So the point isn't that, oh, everything's perfect the first time. The point is that we got it done and I didn't do the work. So then he starts writing the content. The first thing he writes, according as I had described in that audio, and it was terrible again. And I, I almost threw up my arms and said, oh, I don't think this is going to work. But I, I stuck with it and I worked with him through the process. And it took a number of weeks before we got that first piece of content right. And then after that, um, I, I've never had to deal with it again. He just writes them. So he starts writing the content, then he starts doing SEO. And I taught him how to do SEO. And he starts doing um, Facebook marketing. And I taught him how to do that. And he starts doing Craigslist. And he starts posting in forums. And he, uh, he sets up the AdWords campaign. And I've taught him how to do that. And he follows it through until it's profitable. And he's doing all of these things that you, you hear about that you should be doing. I was implementing them. I just didn't do the work. He did all of the work. So that business made me about $200 in the first month. Within three months, it was making me about $1,000 a month. Within six months, it was making me three to $5,000 a month. Within a year, it was making me ten dollars to $15,000 a month. Yeah, nice. And, and yeah, that's good. Cool, right? Um, but the point of that whole story is they're capable of doing very, very good work. They're capable of doing good thought work. They will think. Um, they're capable of doing good work and not stealing from you. They don't want to steal from you. So, you know, your Amazon business, whatever, whatever, you, whatever it is you're selling, they don't want to steal it from you. In fact, I took this business so far as to teach him how to join affiliate programs and how to get the affiliate links and then how to report to me on how much money we were making. And so he would send me a report each month saying, here's how much money we spent on AdWords. Here's how we did on SEO. Here's the affiliate programs. Here's how much money we made. Here is what I think I can do to improve this business for you, sir. Is, is the, that's the report I'd get. Hmm. Um, so this isn't going to work every time for everybody. Uh, but I just want, I, I wanted to tell this just so that there's like a little bit of background of what's possible here and why this is so different than any, anywhere else, any other kinds of outsourcing you've tried. If you had tried hiring a contract worker, you cannot do this with a freelancer, with a con with someone who's temporary, it's impossible. Um, okay. But when you're hiring full-time, it's, it's a different story, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so do you want to comment on that before I get back into your recruiting? No, no, I agree with what you're saying there. We've done the same thing. We're trying to get away from that. Now we're more of the mindset of, you know, the guys that we're hiring on our team should know more than we do on whatever topic it is that we're hiring them for. Right. So if I'm hiring a writer, I want to make sure that this writer is at least as good of a writer or better than I am, right? If I'm hiring somebody that does web pages, they better be better than what we do. It makes no sense for us to spend the time to try to teach somebody how to make web pages if, you know, there's 150 or 300,000 people on your site, so we can find somebody like that. So for me, the process is just filtering because I'm looking at these applications that are coming in and we've got a couple ads up, you know, one's for the essentially virtual assistants and customer support. The other ones are for writers. And I want to touch on both of those. The customer support side, that's, you know, 100 plus applications. And I'm like, man, probably 25 to 30% of them look stellar. They look really good. And I'm like, how am I going to narrow this thing down? So I wondered if there was a process that you go through to kind of 
narrow it down? Because by the time we're off this call, it might be 150, 160. Okay, so I totally agree with you, except you're at a different stage than a lot of people listening. It's my guess. I could be wrong. But, and I'm at a different stage of my business than a lot of people listening where I have 20 people working for me, right? Yeah. So in the beginning, what a lot of people, what I have experienced is a lot of people want to find someone just to help them. And hiring that single expert to do one thing doesn't fit their businesses. So that's, wh- that's why I tell the story of, of me teaching them. Um, at, because a lot of people, when they're beginning to hire, that's, that's where they are. Um, and yeah, I totally and I, agree I, with you. I agree with you on, on that too, John, because I mean, that's how we started. Our Philippines office had about a half dozen artists. That's what we, you know, we, we've noticed that in the Philippines, for whatever reason, we've always got the best artists out of everywhere, right? And when I hired people, and this was back on Odesk, you know, it was for mobile games. We needed people that could draw really good characters, you know? So we, the test was we got them all in Skype and we got them in a group. And I don't know if this is a great process to do now, but back then we're like, we're gonna want three guys. So let's bring in 20 guys that look awesome. And then let's give them a task and we'll pay them for one hour. All of them, we'll pay them all, you know, the rate. And then we want you to draw a robot and we gave them, you know, the, the details. You have 60 minutes, submit what you got. And then we just, we looked at how long it took them to submit what they did. And then we looked at the quality. And from those 20, you know, very quickly, we noticed people that just didn't fit. Their style was bad. They didn't complete it an hour. We had other people that were awesome that, you know, in six minutes, they had finished what we wanted. So we hired the three people. We actually hired more than three people that we needed and built the team. And that's how we did it by hiring multiple people and then squeezing it down from there. I don't know if that's the appropriate process for dealing with, you know, virtual assistants, uh, what we're trying to do here ourselves. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not my favorite, but everyone's different. You know, it's, it's probably not my favorite because of my personality, um, where I just, I would prefer to recruit one person I know. Yeah. Anyway, it's fine. What you did is fine. It's great. Uh, And it worked. And that's all that matters in the end, right? Did it work or not? Yeah. It worked Um, great. Yeah. We had great people. I feel like it got rid of the potential problem. Had we hired one guy that, you know, one of the guys that we cut, we wouldn't have known there was no comparison, right? So we wouldn't have known if he's really good. Like, oh yeah, he finished it in 60 minutes. It looks awesome. Whereas, you know, applicant number two over here did the same quality. So they looked like they're the same, but he did it in five minutes or 10 minutes. For us, it was a good comparison. That was art. It's a little bit different than, you know, customer support. Yeah. Um, but right. you know, so, yeah. And, and that's, so that's where I want to get to, because that, that is awesome that you can provide a task like that in art. And I've, I've seen a couple other things where you can do that, but often you can't like customer service. What do you do? You know? Um, All right. Okay. So here's what I do to recruit. Here's how I narrow it down. You posted a job, you got a hundred responses. The other option at online jobs is to go in and contact people. And what I see often is uh, an employer will say something to me like I'm shortlisting candidates right now, and then I'm going to contact them. And that's the wrong approach to take. Uh, The problem is in the Philippines, they're so loyal that if they already have a job and you shortlist your candidates and email three people who already have jobs, chances are they're not even going to respond to your, to your, uh, to your inquiry. So you have two options, post a job, which you did, which is great. Or you can contact people. If you're contacting people, you got to contact a lot of people you're going to contact 30 people and you're going to pay less attention up front to exactly their perfect skill set. You're just going to contact people who are relevant. So now you're at the same point. Um, you've had 100 people respond. If you contact 30 people, you're going to have 14 of them respond. And now your job is to interview these people and um, by asking lots and lots of questions. This is, this is what I do. So 
I will respond to, of those hundred that responded to you, I will respond to the ones who didn't send me a form letter or if their form letter looks amazing, I'll respond to them and I'll start asking them questions. I'll ask them three questions in the first interview. And, and that, that'll depend on what, what I'm interviewing for. And then I'll get their responses and, and some of them won't respond. And they'll self-weed themselves out by not responding to my stuff. And the reason I ask lots of questions over lots of emails, so I'll ask two, three, four questions in each email, and I'll do that 10 times, is because I get to gauge, one, their responsiveness. So one of the big deals that I find in working with people overseas who are working from home um, is, how responsive are you? Do you respond within six hours, or do you respond in three days? Because if you're doing, if you're responding in three days while I'm recruiting you, the chances of you responding in three days after I've hired you are pretty good. And that doesn't work for me. Um, I want you to respond today. Yeah. So if I'm sending them lots of emails, I get to see, oh, you respond every single time I email you. Oh, this dude takes three days every time I email him. I don't, I'm done with you. I also get to gauge how they think by, by asking lots of questions. You, you'll just start to notice like, oh, your responses are more well thought out than this other person's. Or I get to gauge how detail oriented they are by asking lots of questions. I ask you four questions and you only respond to three of them and you do that two times in a row. What are the chances that you're going to, I'm going to assign you four tasks and you're only going to do three of them Well, you're going to ignore one once I've hired you pretty good. Yeah. And if I can comment on that, we did that specifically in the post. First of all, it's, it's the old technique that we've always used from even 10 years ago, which is hey, somewhere near the bottom. By the way, to, you know, to ensure that you are detail oriented, you've read all the instructions that we need. Make sure you address me as you know, a Mr. Private Label or something like that. Right. And then at the same time, we have some other questions in there. And I also had, you know, the three shifts make sure you let us know which shift you would prefer. So very quickly, I can eliminate people. If it doesn't start off with, you know, hey, Mr. Private Label, boom. Gone. Skip next because they didn't follow the details, right? Absolutely. And that's okay. one, one of the one of the questions I'll often ask is uh, attach a pink attach a picture of a pink Cadillac to the next email. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Why? Like that's so stupid. Yeah. But are you willing to do it? And yeah. and what I really love is when someone questions it. Like, hey, you said attach a picture of a pink Cadillac. Why do you want that? What's what's like? Okay, that's awesome. You're thinking. You didn't ignore it, but also this is a stupid request. And, and you're willing to question me, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I have never thought of having them attach an image. So, so once I've email, interviewed them, what, what I always find is someone stands out. Um, someone, someone stands out through that interview process, and I can usually narrow it down to one or two. And if I have two, I hate it, and I pick one of them. And, and that's when I hire. And, and when I hire someone, so for me, I don't love giving them a task ahead of time like you did. Uh, Although I have done it occasionally and it's really important that you tell them you're going to pay them and that you pay them after they've done the task. One of the big issues in the Philippines is they're very scared of doing work and not getting paid. And so if you ask them to, for, if you insist that people do a task while you're recruiting them, the chances of you losing people is good because they're, you know, they're going to do a couple hours of work and you're not going to pay them. And that's a common issue that's a very common thing with Craigslist, which is why a lot of Filipinos shy away from Craigslist uh, in trying to find a job and why you find so many scams on Craigslist because it's free. There's no exchange of money and people try and get free work done. And so you get Filipinos with crappy skills looking on Craigslist. 
it, it, it's just a problem, right? And yeah. that's why I, that's why I tend to avoid that, that process. Instead, I find the right person. I've interviewed them very thoroughly. I offer them a job. I tell them, you know, I expect you to work 40 hours a week. Uh, I don't care what hours you work. Um, here are my expectations. Here's the training for your first thing. Here's, you know, I, I introduce them to people, whatever. Um, so I've, I've then hired the person at that point. So, okay. Now if their salary, if they, cause it says, you know, what they're expecting, if they say, Hey, 250 to 350 and your job post was for 400 a month, do you pay them the $400 or do you go down from there because that's what they're willing to take. That's one of the questions I always ask in my interviews is how much money are you looking to make? Then it puts it in their court. How much do they want? You know? Okay. So you don't go based on what it says on their resume at the top your system shows it. Yeah. Right. right. I don't, I don't post jobs very often when I recruit either, but that's just me and my personality. You know, that's just a personality thing. Um, Right. There's one way is not better than the other. So John, here's something that I've noticed. I'm going through these, applicants and it seems like there might be a template email that or a lot of these people are responding with because they read very very well and once communication starts and they're responding back in detail to a question i have the grammar just falls apart it doesn't match up with what the initial contact was on their part totally. um, so it's clear that they're getting help somewhere in creating this this template or, or whatever it is what are your thoughts there that's why that's why i ask lots of questions because it weeds that out and i know it's it's too hard to get help from a friend 10 times, you know? Right. So. Yeah. And that's, and we did that for the writer portion. We had them specifically, we asked them a question about a specific thing and said, Hey, send us, you know, uh, 200 words on your thoughts on this. Yeah. So I'll just ask, a couple of minutes. Write me one paragraph about why I should hire you instead of someone else. I don't want to hear because you're loyal and hardworking and you want to learn more. I don't want to hear that. Give me, okay, tell nice. me something. Right. 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 The writers, the stuff I've gotten for the writers hasn't been the best so far. What can I do in your opinion to find a better person that has you know, very good writing skills. Um, trying to think of what I've done. Cause the, I mean, you understand everything that's going on. It's just, you can tell that it's not, they're not from North America, right? It's a, it's a little bit different. It's like, mm, you know, we want somebody that's going to be at a higher caliber. So yeah, man, what have I done? I've had the people that, that write for me that are, that have flawless English and are really, really talented and creative. I've had them for like six or seven years. Um, if I were doing that, I would say it's for a writer position. I, this is, I don't know exactly. This is my gut feeling. Um, I would not say in the job post, you must have perfect English. Um, because I think you're going to scare people away who do have perfect English and are Filipinos are just scared. They're scared of disappointing you. Mm-hmm. I would just say, write me one paragraph about, you know, something, why I should hire you. And, and then if there's any flaws, just ignore it. Find someone who's, who's flawless because you can find it. You know, there's, there's enough Filipinos that are perfect, that have perfect, perfect English. So, yeah. Can anybody, you're talking about, you know, you've got so many people on your site. Can anybody sign up or is there some kind of vetting before they can join? No, anybody can sign up. Okay. And you have something I haven't seen because I haven't been on there in a while. You have the new ID system, right? Yeah. So that is after me having looked at thousands of profiles, I started recognizing patterns and I, I started saying like, Oh, I can tell this person is, this person is not who they say they are. Not, not that it's, I I know that you don't have the skills that you think you have, although sometimes I can tell that too. uh, But you're not who you say you are. So the ID proof was me taking my knowledge of 
of recognizing these patterns and putting it into a computer algorithm and saying, here are, here are the things required for you to, for us to be pretty certain that you are who you say you are. And you're not, you don't have eight different profiles here with eight different names, trying to get eight different jobs and scamming employers. So ID proof is a, is a zero to a hundred scale. Mm -hmm. And if someone's 80 or above, you're probably fine. You know, and I've certainly seen times where someone's ID proof was really high and I, and I recognize, wait, something went wrong here, but it's rare. And it's also rare when someone's ID proof is low and, and they're totally legit. It happens, but it's rare. All right. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's a cool system. The ID scores that you have and you can filter by that. I was just recently watching an Anthony Bourdain show. Are you familiar with him? No. No. So he does a CNN show where he travels the world. And he had mentioned they did a whole episode on the Philippines and then the culture there and how it's completely different than anywhere else he's been. And one of the, the takeaways, one of the big things was he was talking about how out of every place he's ever been in the world, he feels that the people of the Philippines are the most honest. Yeah. And you had mentioned that they don't want to steal from you earlier. What are your thoughts on that? So, I, I imagine you agree. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. So, and, and obviously not everybody there is honest. I've only been there once. I spent five weeks on the beach with my family. Uh, four weeks in, we got robbed. But they, they came into our apartment in the middle of the night while we were sleeping. They stole everything we had. Uh, I had. They stole three laptops. They stole two cameras. They stole cash. My my backpack, which was packed to go to a wedding the next day of one of my workers. And I was giving him a laptop. Oh, um, wow. Was this an inside job or somebody picked the door? It was or? totally an inside job from the place where we were. Uh, so they, they steal all this stuff. They walk out, walk back down the cliff, which they had climbed to get up to us. And they taken my passport and my clothes and stuff that was in my backpack. They came back and dropped my passport at the door and my passport and clothes at the door. I'm sure the clothes, because they didn't want it, they, it wasn't valuable to them. My, my passport, you know, they could have easily just thrown in the ocean, which is, they were on the cliff above the ocean. Instead, they yeah, brought wow. it back to me, right? <laughs> Jeez, okay. It was like, oh, we just want your money. We don't want to hurt you. We just want your money, right? So Yeah, interesting. M- my guys in the Philippines have my credit card. They have access to my bank account. They have my personal email account access. They, they have access to all of our servers. The only thing they don't do is they don't pay themselves. And the only reason for that is because they would know how much each other made. Other than that, they don't want to steal your business. They don't want to steal your crap. They don't want to steal your money. It's that's their culture. They're honest. And I've helped thousands and thousands of people do this. And one time did I see someone steal something from their employer and that employer had asked them to do a whole bunch of work and then not paid them. So they were just trying to get paid. Okay. So it's Got not, it. it's not, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Do you do all your interviews through email or do you bring them over to Skype or some kind of? I IM? do them all through email unless I'm going to have someone talking on the phone and then I will Skype with them so I can hear their English. Otherwise I don't ever talk to them. Okay. What about raises? What's your process there? In the beginning, when we started, I didn't have a process. It was kind of like, uh, you know, you've worked for me for a year and this is, um, you're, you're doing okay. So here's a $50 a a month raise or, Hey, you're amazing. You're making two fifty a month. I'm going to start paying you 500 a month. So I doubled salaries a number of times. 
Um, today we give a standard raise at the end of the year. And for people who I think are outstanding, we'll, you know, they make 500, we're raising you to 600. Uh, other people who I think are okay, I'll raise you from 400 to 430 or, you know, something like that. So we just kind of do it based on how we, how we feel like people are performing. Okay. So you always give, you give everybody some kind of a raise though at the end of the year? I do give everybody some, some kind of a raise. Okay. What about this 13th month? I think most people haven't heard about this. Is this just a courtesy or how important is it? So in the Philippines, if you're a Filipino employer, it's legally required that after someone has worked for you for a year, you give them a bonus of one month's pay called the 13th month. And actually how it works is it's paid in December customarily. And it's not a Christmas bonus. So in December, you will pay them because we always pay after we on, on December 1st, we pay them November salary and then we'll pay them one month salary on like December 5th. And then January 1st, we pay them December salary. So it's, it's a bonus. Uh, if you want to send them a Christmas bonus, you send them a Christmas bonus around Christmas time and which we usually do. We usually send them 25 bucks around Christmas time after having paid them the 13th month. You sh- it's not legally required because you're not in the Philippines, but you should be paying it. Um, they will expect it. It's part of their lifestyle. Um, it's important okay. to them. Yeah, I've hired enough people. Uh, they don't, at least the people that I've hired, have not asked either because we'll go and it'll, we'll forget. Something will happen right, yeah. with, with somebody new. And then they don't mention it. Yeah. And then it'll be January. I'm like, shoot, did we, did we not pay that? Totally. So let me, let's talk about paying. So when I, when I hire someone, I always tell them, um, we pay once a month. I'm going to pay you once a month on the first of the month. I want you to send me an invoice every single month. So I don't forget to pay you. And, and that invoice is partly for tax reasons and partly so that I don't forget to pay them because otherwise I don't, I don't do this to give myself more things to do. You know, if they don't send me an invoice and it only happened once where someone didn't send me an invoice and I didn't pay them cause I forgot. Um, so that's how I do it. When you get started, you'll probably need to pay your people once a week, uh, in the beginning and you'll probably tell them. I'm going to pay you once a week for a couple months so that you know that you can trust me. Cause we often think, Oh, I don't know if I can trust that person in the Philippines. We don't, we never think, Oh, that person is thinking the same thing. I don't know if I can trust this employer, which is what they're thinking. So pay them once a week for the first couple months and then switch to monthly. I also always tell them, Hey, I know about the 13th month. I will pay it. I just need you to remind me because otherwise I'll forget. So would you pay the 13th month if you're hiring them, you know, three, four months before the end of the year? Ah, yes. Still do Super it? important. It's, it's a prorated thing. So if you hire them uh, today in May, in, at, in December, you're going to pay them seven twelfths of a salary because they okay. work for you for seven months. So that's standard. That's just a, yeah. that's the way the law works there. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. We just let someone, we let someone go this month and we're going to pay him his 13th month. Oh, so you do that too. So if you're terminating them for whatever reason. Yeah. He worked five months this now year. Now you pay them as it's essentially a severance. Yeah. Is that the way it works? No, it's not a severance. It's just standard. It's how it works in the Philippines. So you tell them it's the portion of the 13th month that you've yeah. earned. I'm paying okay. him when I let him go, which, okay. So this question always comes up. I, I hate doing this. I hate letting people go. I don't do it very often. Um, but I let someone go this month. We paid him. I said, Hey, you have till the end of May. I don't expect you to work very much. Um, but I'm going to pay you for it. I'm going to pay you half of next month. I want you to spend this time looking for another job and we're going to pay you the half of the 13th month. Okay. So interesting. That was his. So 
So the 13th month, that's obviously something that's absolutely completely different than what we have here in the U.S. What are the main cultural differences that someone hiring a Filipino should be aware of? The biggest one I already talked about, which is them disappearing, which is not their fault. They're not disappearing because they don't want the job or they're lazy or they're crappy. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second one, they will call you sir, and there's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) (laughs) Sir or boss? Yeah, I get that all the time. Every single single communication you ever have. So the first time I hired someone, I was like 27, and, and I got this email that said, dear sir. And I remember feeling my stomach turn over. I'd never been called sir before in my life. And, <laughs> okay. it, and if you're a woman hiring, they will call you sir, ma'am. Oh, interesting. I don't know why. Right. That's just what they do. Leave it alone. Let them call you sir, ma'am. Do you ask them that, you know, just to call you by your first name or to this day, it's still sir? It doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, I just All left right. it all. I have asked a couple of times and it didn't change anything. So I was like, fine, just call me sir, whatever. Um, okay. Another cl- All right. cultural difference is the internet outages and power outages, which you mentioned. You will get an email at some point which says, dear sir, I'm so sorry I couldn't work today for four hours because the power went out, but, but don't worry, sir. I'll make it up for you tonight and on Saturday. So okay. you know it's happening. You know they're trying to be honest with you. Um, you have to figure out how you're going to deal with it. In the beginning, I wanted them to make up the time. Today, I don't really care. I really just want to make their lives better. I want to take care mm-hmm. of the people that work for me. Um, Okay. So that's something you'll have to figure out, but it, but it will happen and you need to plan for it. Great. All right. Are there, I mean, here's a gross generalization, but if you had to pick something or maybe even a few things, what tasks would you say you should not outsource oh, to so the, the typical Filipino worker? So good. Okay. So my son, when he was 11 is a super entrepreneur and comes to me and says, bugging and bugging and bugging and bugging me to start a business. And the only, I only had two options, either I help him start a business or I discourage him from starting a business, which obviously I wasn't going to discourage him. So I gave him an Amazon course and I uh, told him, go through this and come back to me with ideas for products. So he does. And we end up finding something. And so the second time he went, he starts selling this thing on Amazon, right? And he's making money with it. And it's awesome. Um, The second time though, which is standard with all American uh, entrepreneurs. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to go through that process of finding another product. So he tries to give it to a Filipino, which is great. So it's something they can totally do. Like you teach them the criteria, but in the end, you have to make the decision of what the product is, not them. They don't want to make that decision. They're very worried about making the wrong decision and you being disappointed with them. So there's one thing, and this is a generalization across all things. Uh, uh, here's, another, here's another example of this. I gave someone an info product once, and what most people want to do is say, hey, here's this info product, implement this. And every info product I've ever seen assumes that the CEO of the business is the one reading it and implementing it. So you're the one making the decisions. You're the one writing the hard copy. You're... You're the, the CEO is the one doing that work. If you give it to a Filipino, you're going to be very disappointed in what your results are. You have to make those business decisions. So that's, that's something definitely do not have them do making business decisions. Another thing that I have found. So my, my son and his business, the reason I told that was because there's two illustrations there. He, he creates the product. He wrote the first description and I modified it for him. 
The second time, the second product, he didn't want to write the description again. So we had a Filipino do it. And it's not good. It's, it's just not right. Now, yeah. I, I'm glad we had them write it because it, it gave us a, a base where I didn't want to do it. And my son, you know, he's 12 and he's not capable. So I had them write the description and come up with a bunch of stuff. But then I'm editing it because it's sales content. So sales content it's just hard. Like it's, you're not, you're not going to have the result you want when you have your Filipino right sales content. Oh. Yeah. What if it was, I mean, there's a lot of Filipinos on your site that are in marketing and advertising. Would they be more in tune to that kind of a job? Or are you still going to run into those issues? I don't know. I, I mean, I, it, it depends on who you hired that it completely right. depends on who you have hired. I have a girl who could write sales pages for me. I taught her how to write sales pages and she writes sales pages that sell digital info products, which is hard, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's awesome because I don't have to do it. Um, okay. So it'll, it'll totally depend on who you've hired. Yeah, you hire the right person. Yes, you can have them do that. So you're talking about your son doing this. Was he doing private label stuff on Amazon? Yes. Yeah, okay. All right, so that's our audience, right? Private label sellers. The outsourcing outside of what you've already mentioned, from what you've seen, how can this totally help other private label sellers? So my son is a lazy 14-year-old today, right? He doesn't do anything. <laughs> he just makes money. It's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Um, part of that is because I, I just, I could see like he wasn't capable of taking care of the stuff and I don't want to do it. So I gave one of my, one of my guys in the Philippines, the job, I gave one of my guys in the Philippines, the same course that I gave my son. And I said, I just want you to go through this whole thing. I don't want you to implement any of it. I just want you to learn and understand. And then I gave him the job of managing the products that, that we have on Amazon. So he come, he's, he starts managing like, oh, we have a problem. Amazon says something has to change or Amazon change our description. It's crappy. And so he'll, he'll redo it and send it to me. Is this okay? Or what, what should we do here? Or he manages customer feedback. So we get uh, reviews. He manages, you know, what, if we have to respond to something or uh, he manages inquiries from customers saying, Hey, we have a problem. He, he handles all that. Um, okay. He requests feedback from every purchase. Um, he does that manually. You don't use like an automated system. I, no, I didn't even know there was automated systems. No, he doesn't. Oh. I don't know. I, okay. I, I don't, I don't do anything for it. All right. Gotcha. Except for he'll tell me, Hey, we're running out of stock. You should order. Here's how many we've sold recently. So I, I don't ever even look at it. I don't log into seller central. Uh, okay. Does he log in directly to your account? Have you set up a special account? Is there VPNs, anything that you do special? I don't know. I don't know what we did, but I, he probably just logs straight into my account. Okay. All right. So you've got all these workers so that you don't get overwhelmed you know, by micromanaging everything, do you have any systems that you put in place? So one of the things that I've always tried to do is give people recurring tasks that they can always fall back on. So uh, he's, you know, uh, when he doesn't have a task to do, he can go request reviews, right? It's something he can always do to keep himself busy. Um, Or he can do some sort of promotion for, for whatever it is, or he's doing admin tasks for me uh, that, are, that are recurring. Um, so one of, the, one of the things that I find is 
rather than having to micromanage everything they do, if they have tasks to fall back on and they don't have something, it's okay. So it's okay for me to just leave them alone for a little bit. Right. Um, I don't have, I don't have a, a team manager for them. Um, I have a business partner and he manages our customer service people. So I don't, I don't deal with that. But other than that, I manage our programmers. My, my partner helps. Um, I manage our programmers and our designers and our um, social media people. But that's all I do. That's it. That's okay. the extent of my work is uh, I think through problems and I have someone else fix it. Yeah, smart. Do you have any, do you have any tools that you recommend that to manage these, uh, these virtual workers? Yeah. Yes, actually. Yeah. Now that you mentioned the word tools. So we use Basecamp to manage projects, which is, which is great. We love it. It fits my work style. Uh, I love Basecamp. The, the bigger one is Jing and, uh, Jing is, do you use something like that? Jing snag it. Jing is awesome. Yeah, all of those and show them instead of tell them, right? It's so amazing the difference this makes in your ability to manage and to manage quickly. So Jing is screen capture software made by the makers of Camtasia Studio. It sits open on your desktop, you drag it out, and it'll capture an image of your computer. And then you can annotate that image super quickly, super easily. Or you can drag it out on your on your screen and then It'll record a video of you talking and showing them exactly what you want done. The real magic of it is when you're done, you just click upload and it uploads it to a server and gives you the URL. So you don't have to fiddle with your hosting account or anything like that. So I use Jing probably 50 times a day. Um, That's the way I give feedback to people. I I either take an image or I record a video rather than uh, typing it out in a super long email. I record it and then they can see exactly what I'm talking about on the screen. Um, that changed everything and Jing is free. So yeah, jingproject.com. Yeah, we use similar tools. So any other tools? Um, my team likes Slack. They set up Slack so they can talk with each other. So we use Slack. Um, okay. Yeah, we do too. Awesome. Okay. So we're all, we're using similar, yeah. similar systems. So that's pretty cool. Is there anything that somebody can put in their job posts? that make them stand out, you know, makes a Filipino worker kind of pay attention? Because you've talked about what not to put in there. Like, hey, you must have perfect English, scares them away. Is there anything on the opposite side of that? I don't, there's, there's not, there's nothing that I have, nothing that I know. I, I'm sure there are some people that would have something, some people with more recruiting experience than I do. Um, but there's okay. nothing that right. I know of. How do you motivate your Filipino workers? Oh, dude, that's such a good question. So in the Philippines, more, th- this is just a general good management technique. But in the Philippines, it's especially important. They thrive off of positive feedback. So when something goes wrong, don't say, oh, you suck. You did this all wrong. Tell them, hey, thank you for trying. I really appreciate your effort. Even when it's like the most painful, I'm telling you this from personal experience. Even when it's the most painful thing you can think of is saying, hey, thank you for trying. Um, you still have to do it because in the Philippines, if they let you down and you let them know that they've let you down, if, if you tell them specifically, like, I'm not happy with you, um, you're creating yourself a worse worker, someone who's willing to be less creative, someone who's willing to try less because they don't want to, they don't want to let you down. They don't want to disappoint you. So, no. okay. 
the more positive feedback you can give first before you give the negative feedback will go such a long way in creating uh, rockstar workers. Also, one of the reasons why I talk about that, that story that I told you before where I trained the person is because even with someone who's an expert at whatever it is they're doing, training goes a long way in establishing trust that, so that they trust you. And with the Philippines, that's a big, big deal. Um, that's how you get a rock star worker is by, is by training them, providing training so that they know when they have a problem, they can come to you. Uh, providing feedback so that they know that when they give you work, you're going to tell them how they did on that work so that they know if they're making you happy or not. So that's building that trust. Building, yeah. That trust is a big deal. And we always think that I don't know if I can trust them. And really, the, the more important trust is them to you, them trusting you. And you have to, okay. you have to be active in, in creating that trust. Going back, sorry if you mentioned this, but how long do you typically go or you're paying them weekly before they'll trust you to pay them once per month? Uh, probably two months. Two months. Okay. All right. Cool. Awesome. All right. So I know we're at, we're just past the hour mark. This has been uh, longer than normal podcast, but it's just because it's been, you know, just full of amazing information. I want to mention, you know, you can hire, I don't, I'm in California. So things are a little bit more expensive. We got the, what you call the quote unquote, California tax on everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for one, one assistant, I can hire probably six to eight, maybe even 10 Filipino workers for that price. And then I imagine because that would be a micromanagement Disaster. nightmare for me. Yeah. yeah. I would probably want to hire another person that actually manages them. Maybe that's the person I hire here is somebody that manages all the, the Philippine workers. Let but me, uh, did you, let me you want to mention in. anything on that? Yeah. 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 So this is uh, what you just mentioned. You're, you're not doing, but I hear this often from people and it's the wrong approach. I had this guy that says, oh man, John, this doesn't work. I hired 20 guys to do SEO and nothing ever happened. It's like, what the, what did you expect to happen? Would you hire 20 US people all at once and expect because you hired a whole bunch of them that you're going to get really great results, even if, because every one of them is going to do something tiny? It's the wrong approach. Um, Hire, don't, don't take this as, oh, instead of hiring one person, I can hire eight. Take it as, instead of hiring one person, I can hire one person. It's just going to be a lot more affordable. And I'm going to get them really amazing. And then I'm going to hire another person. And this is why when you asked me saying, we need to hire six people, why I hesitated with that. And I said, that's a mistake. I didn't realize you had so many people working for you. Um, so you, you already have the management uh, ability to do that. But generally, people, when they're starting, they, they say, oh, I want to hire a team. So I need five people. And that's hire one. Hire one and make sure this works for you. Because it's different than hiring someone in the U.S. Um, and start with, yeah. start with that one person. Get them doing one task get them good at that one thing and then hire someone else. Once, once yeah, or, or train them. Yeah. Or train them to the point where they can help you hire the next person and train that person, especially using Jing. Like you just mentioned, if you can get all of these SOPs in place, right. You know, and it's like, this is how you do this. There's a video number one for that. And here's how you do this. And here's how you do, they build the training for you to start freeing up time. Oh yeah. Especially if, if you're training for the same position again. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so that's the blueprint to become John Jonas and work 17 hours or week or less this week. <laughs> so, John, this has been awesome. How can people reach out to you if they have further questions? I am infinitely available through email. I do not like social media. I uh, I guess I'll respond to Facebook Messenger things, but uh, and I don't take phone calls. So, but if any okay. any contact us link on my website, if you ask for me, it'll get to me. 
It's going to go through and a Filipino it, first. <laughs> I, I, exactly. I will be posting this in our Facebook group. So if you do want to be in there and just so that you can see what people are saying, let me know. We'll get you in there and set up. But I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.